chapter 16, verses 16 through 33. Of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, Volume 2, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 16 through 21. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. Because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. Because I go to the Father. They said therefore, What is this that he saith? A little while. We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves? Of that I said, A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, A little while, and ye shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, That ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Chrysostom, our Lord, after having relieved the spirits of the disciples by the promise of the Holy Spirit, again depresses them, a little while, and ye shall not see me. He does this to accustom them to the mention of his departure, in order that they may bear it well, when it does come, for nothing so quiets the troubled mind as the continued recurrence to the subject of its grief. Bede, he saith a little while, and ye shall not see me, alluding to his going to be taken that night by the Jews, his crucifixion the next morning, and burial in the evening, which withdrew him from all human sight. Chrysostom, but then, if one examines, these are words of consolation, because I go to the Father, for they show that his death was only a translation, and more consolation follows, and again a little while, and ye shall see me, an intimation, this, that he would return, and after a short separation come and live with them for ever. Augustine. The meaning of these words, however, was obscure, before their fulfillment, then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. Because I go to the Father. Chrysostom. Either sorrow had confused their minds, or the obscurity of the words themselves prevented their understanding them, and made them appear contradictory. If we shall see thee, they say, How goest thou? If thou goest, how shall we see thee? What is this that he saith unto us? A little while we cannot tell what he saith. Augustine. For above, because he did not say a little while, but simply I go to the Father, he seemed to speak plainly. But what to them was obscure at the time, but by and by manifested, is manifest to us. For in a little while he suffered, and they did not see him. And again, in a little while, he rose again, and they saw him. He says, And ye shall see me no more, 
for the mortal Christ they saw no more. Alcune, or thus, it will be a little time during which ye will not see me, i.e. the three days that he rested in the grave, and again it will be a little time during which ye shall see me, i.e. the forty days of his appearance amongst them, from his passion to his ascension, and ye shall see me for that little time only, because I go to the Father, for I am not going to stay always in the body here, but by that humanity which I have assumed to ascend to heaven. It follows, now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves, of that I said, A little while, and ye shall not see me, and again a little while, and ye shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament. The merciful master, understanding their ignorance and doubts, replied so as to explain what he had said. Augustine, which must be understood thus, viz. that the disciples sorrowed at their Lord's death, and then immediately rejoiced at his resurrection. The world, i.e. the enemies of Christ who put him to death, rejoiced just when the disciples sorrowed, i.e. at his death. Ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Alcune. But this speech of our Lord's is applicable to all believers who strive through present tears and afflictions to attain to the joys eternal. While the righteous weep, the world rejoiceth. For having no hope of the joys to come, all its delight is in the present. Chrysostom. Then he shows that sorrow brings forth joy. Short sorrow, infinite joy. By an example from nature, a woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish, for joy that a man is born unto the world. Augustine. This comparison does not seem difficult to understand. It was one which lay near at hand and he himself immediately shows its application. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice. The bringing forth is compared to sorrow, the birth to joy, which is especially true in the birth of a boy. And your joy no man taketh from you. Their joy is Christ. This agrees with what the apostle saith. Christ, being risen from the dead, dieth no more. Chrysostom by this example he also intimates that he looses the chains of death and creates men anew. He does not say, however, that she shall not have tribulation, but that she should not remember it. So great is the joy which follows, and so it is with the saints. He saith not that a boy is born, but that a man attacked allusion to his own resurrection. Augustine to this joy it is better to refer what was said above, a little while and ye shall not see me, and again a little while and ye shall see me. For the whole space of time that this world continues is but a little while. Because I go to the Father refers to the former clause, a little while and ye shall not see me, not to the latter, a little while and ye shall see me. His going to the Father was the reason why they would not see him. So to them who then saw him in the body, he says, A little while, and ye shall not see me. For he was about to go to the Father. The mortals would thenceforth never see him again, as they saw him now.
the next words, A little while, and ye shall see me, are a promise to the whole church. For this little while appears long to us while it is passing. But when it is finished, we shall then see how little a time it has been. Alcion, the woman is the holy church, who is fruitful in good works, and brings forth spiritual children unto God. This woman, while she brings forth, i.e., while she is making her progress in the world, amidst temptations and afflictions, hath sorrow because her hour is come, for no one ever hated his own flesh. Augustine, nor yet in this bringing forth of joy are we entirely without joy to lighten our sorrow, but as the apostle saith, we rejoice in hope, for even the woman to whom we are compared rejoiceth more for her future offspring than she sorrows for her present pain. Alcun, but as soon as she is delivered, i.e., when her laborious struggle is over, and she has got the palm, she remembereth no more her former anguish, for joy at reaping such a reward, for joy that a man is born unto the world. For as a woman rejoiceth, when a man is born into the world, so the church is filled with exaltation when the faithful are born into life eternal. Bede, nor should it appear strange if one who departed from this life is said to be born. For as a man is said to be born when he comes out of his mother's womb into the light of day, so may he be said to be born who from out of the prison of the body is raised to light eternal. Once the festivals of the saints, which are the days on which they died, are called their birthdays. Alcune, we will see you again, i.e., I will take you to myself, or I will see you again, i.e., I shall appear again and be seen by you, and your heart shall rejoice. Augustine, this fruit indeed the church now yearneth for in travail, but then will enjoy in her delivery and it is a male child, because all active duties are for the sake of devotion, for that only is free which is desired for its own sake, not for anything else. An action is for this end. This is the end which satisfies, and is eternal, for nothing can satisfy but what is itself the ultimate end. Wherefore of them it is well said, Your joy no man taketh from you. Verses 23 through 28 and in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I shall not say unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world. Again I leave the world, and go to the Father. Chrysostom. Again our Lord shows that it is expedient that he should go and in that day shall ye ask me nothing. Augustine, the word ask here means not only to seek for, but to ask a question. The Greek word from which it is translated has both meanings. Chrysostom, he says, and in that day, i.e., when I shall have risen again, ye shall ask me nothing, i.e., 
not say to me, Show us the Father, and whither goest thou, since ye will know this by the teaching of the Holy Ghost. Or ye shall ask me nothing, i.e., not want me for a mediator to obtain your requests, as my name will be enough, if you only call upon that. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Wherein he shows his power, that neither seen or asked, but named only to the Father, he will do miracles. Do not think then, he saith, that because for the future I shall not be with you, that you are therefore forsaken. For my name will be a still greater protection to you than my presence. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Theophylact. For when your prayers shall be fully answered, then will your gladness be greatest. Chrysostom. These words being obscure, he adds, These things have I spoken to you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs. For forty days he talked with them, as they were assembled, speaking of the kingdom of God. And now he says, Ye are in too great fear to attend to my words. But then, when you see me risen again, you will be able to proclaim these things openly. Theophylact. He still cheers them with the promise that help will be given them from above in their temptations. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and ye will be so in favor with the Father that ye will no longer need my intervention. And I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you, but that they might not start back from our Lord, as though they were no longer in need of him. He adds, Because ye have loved me, as if to say, The Father loves you, because ye have loved me. When therefore ye fall from my love, ye will straightway fall from the Father's love. Augustine. But does he love us because we love him, or rather, do not we love him because he loved us? This is what the evangelist says, let us love God because God first loved us. The Father then loves us because we love the Son, it being from the Father and the Son that we receive the love from the Father and the Son. He loves what he has made, but he would not make in us what he loved, except he loved us in the first place. Hilary, perfect faith in the Son, which believes and loves what has come forth from God, and deserveth to be heard and loved for its own sake. This faith, confessing the Son of God, born from him and sent by him, needeth not have an intercessor with the Father. Wherefore it follows, and have believed that I came forth from God. His nativity and advent are signified by, I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world. The one is dispensation, the other nature. To have come from the Father, and to have come forth from God, have not the same meaning, because it is one thing to have come forth from God in the relation of sonship, another thing to have come from the Father into this world to accomplish the mystery of our salvation, since to come forth from God is to subsist as his Son. What else can he be but God? Chrysostom, as it was conciliatory to them to hear of his resurrection, and how he came from God and went to God, 
he dwells again and again on these subjects. Again I leave the world and go to the Father. The one was a proof that their faith in him was not in vain. The other that they would still be under his protection. Augustine, he came forth from the Father because he is of the Father. He came into the world because he showed himself in the body to the world. He left the world by his departure in the body and went to the Father by the ascension of his humanity, nor yet in respect of the government of his presence left the world, just as when he went forth from the Father and came into the world. He did so in such wise as not to leave the Father. But our Lord Jesus Christ, we read, was asked questions and petitioned after his resurrection, for when about to ascend to heaven, he was asked by his disciples when he would restore the kingdom to Israel. When in heaven, he was asked by Stephen to receive his spirit, and who would dare to say that as mortal he might be asked, as a mortal he might not. I think then that when he says, In that day ye shall ask me nothing, he refers not to the time of his resurrection, but to that time when we shall see him as he is, which vision is not for this present life, but for the life everlasting, when we shall ask for nothing, ask no questions, because there will remain nothing to be desired, nothing to be learnt. Alcune. This is his meaning, then. In the world to come ye shall ask me nothing, but in the meantime, while ye are travelling on this wearisome road, ask what ye want of the Father, and he will give it you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Augustine. The word whatsoever must not be understood to mean anything but something which, with reference to obtaining the life of blessedness, is not nothing. That is not sought in the Savior's name, which is sought to the hindering of our salvation. For by in my name must be understood not the mere sound of the letters or syllables, but that which is rightly and truly signified by that sound. He who holds any notion concerning Christ, which should not be held of the only Son of God, does not ask in his name. But he who thinks rightly of him asks in his name and receives what he asks, if it be not against his eternal salvation. He receives it when it is right, he should receive. For some things are only denied at present in order to be granted at a more suitable time. Again the words, he will give it you, only comprehend those benefits which properly appertain to the persons who ask. All saints are heard for themselves, but not for all. For it is not will give, but simply, but will give you. What follows? Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name, may be understood in two ways. Either that they had not asked in his name, because they had not known it as it ought to be known, or ye have asked nothing, because with reference to obtaining the thing ye ought to ask for, what ye have asked for, is to be counted nothing that therefore they may ask in his name not for what is nothing but for the fullness of joy he adds ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full this full joy is not carnal but spiritual joy and it will be full when it is so great that nothing can be added to it augustine and this is that full joy than which nothing can be greater viz to enjoy god the trinity in the image of whom we are made. Augustine, whatsoever then is asked, which appertaineth to the getting of this joy, 
this must be asked in the name of Christ. For his saints that persevere in asking for it, he will never in his divine mercy disappoint. But whatever is asked besides this is nothing, i.e., not absolutely nothing, but nothing in comparison with so great a thing as this. It follows, These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. The hour which he speaks may be understood of the future life, when we shall see him, as the apostle saith, face to face. And these things have I spoken to you in Proverbs, of that which the apostle saith, now we see as in a glass darkly, but I will show you that the Father shall be seen through the Son. For no man knoweth the Father save the Son, and he to whom the Son shall reveal him. Gregory, when he declares that he will show them plainly of the Father, he alludes to the manifestation about to take place of his own majesty, which would both show his own equality with the Father and the procession of the co-eternal spirit from both. Augustine, but this sense seems to be inferred with by what follows. At that day ye shall ask in my name, what shall we have to ask for in a future life, when all our desires shall be satisfied? Asking implies the want of something. It remains then that we understand the words of Jesus going to make his disciples spiritual from being carnal and natural beings. The natural man so understands whatever he hears of God in a bodily sense, as being unable to conceive any other. Wherefore, whatever wisdom saith of the incorporeal, immutable substance are proverbs to him, not that he accounts them proverbs, but understands them as if they were proverbs. But when become spiritual, he hath begun to discern all things, though in this life he see but in a glass and in part. Ye doth he perceive, not in bodily sense, not by idea of the imagination, but by most sure intelligence of the mind, perceive and hold that God is not body but spirit. The Son showeth so plainly of the Father, that he who showeth is seen to be of the same nature with him who is shown. Then they who ask, ask in his name, because by the sound of that name they understand nothing but the thing itself which is expressed by that name. These are able to think that our Lord Jesus Christ, in so far as he is man, intercedes with the Father for us. In so far as he is God, hears us together with the Father, which I think is his meaning when he says, And I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. To understand this, viz., how that the Son does not ask the Father, but Father and Son together hear those who ask, is beyond the reach of any but the spiritual vision. Verses 29 through 33. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Chrysostom. 
the disciples were so refreshed with the thought of being in favor with the father that they say they are sure he knows all things the disciples said unto him now speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverb augustine but why do they say so when the hour in which he was to speak without proverbs was yet future and only promised because our lord communicates still continuing proverbs to them they are so far from understanding them that they do not even understand they are not understanding them chrysostom but since his answer met what was in their minds they add now we are sure that thou knowest all things see how imperfect they yet were after so many and great things now at last they say now we are sure etc saying it too as if they were conferring a favor and needest not that any man should ask thee i e thou knowest what offends us before we tell thee and thou hast relieved us by saying that the father loveth us augustine why this remark to one who knew all things instead of saying thou needest not that any man should ask thee it would have been more appropriate to have said thou needest not to ask any man yet we know that both of these were done viz that our lord both asked questions and was asked but this is soon explained for both were for the benefit not of himself but of those whom he asked questions of or by whom he was asked he asked questions of men not in order to learn himself but to teach them and in the case of those who asked questions of him such questions were necessary to them in order to gain the knowledge they wanted but they were not necessary to him to tell him what that was because he knew the wish of the inquirer before the question was put thus to know men's thoughts beforehand was no great thing for the lord but to know the minds of babes it was a great thing by this we know that thou camest forth from god hilary they believe that he came forth from god because he does the works of god for whereas our lord had said both i came forth from the father and i am come into the world from the father they testified no wonder at the latter words i am come into the world which they had often heard before but the reply shows a belief in and appreciation of the former i came forth from the father and they noticed this in their reply by this we believe that thou camest forth from god not adding and art come into the world for they knew already that he was sent from god but had not yet received the doctrine of his eternal generation that unutterable doctrine they now began to see for the first time in consequence of these words and therefore reply that he spoke no longer in parables for god is not born from god after the manner of human birth his is a coming forth from rather than a birth from god he is one from one not a portion not a defection not a diminution not a derivation not a pretension not a passion but a birth of living nature from living nature he is god coming forth from god not a creature appointed to the name of god he did not begin to be from nothing but came forth from an abiding nature to come forth has the signification of birth not a beginning augustine lastly he reminds them of their weak tender age in respect of the inner man jesus answered them do ye now believe bead which can be understood in two ways either as reproaching or affirming if the former the meaning is 
ye have awaked somewhat yet to believe for behold the hour cometh yea is now come that ye shall be scattered every man to his home if the latter it is that which ye believe is true but behold the hour cometh etc augustine for they did not only with their bodies leave his body when he was taken but with their minds the faith chrysostom ye shall be scattered i e when i am betrayed fear shall so possess you that ye will not be able even to take to flight together but i shall suffer no harm in consequence and yet i am not alone because the father is with me augustine he wishes to advance them so far as to understand that he had not separated from the father because he had come forth from the father chrysostom these things have i said unto you that ye might have peace i e that ye may not reject me from your minds for not only when i am taken shall ye suffer tribulation but so long as ye are in the world in the world ye shall have tribulation gregory as if he said have me within you to comfort you because you will have the world without you augustine the tribulation of which he speaks was to commence thus i e in every one being scattered to his home but was not to continue so for in saying and leave me alone he does not mean this to apply to them in their sufferings after his ascension they were not to desert him then but to abide and have peace in him wherefore he adds but to abide and to have peace in him wherefore he adds be of good cheer chrysostom i e raise up your spirits again when the master is victorious the disciples should not be dejected i have overcome the world augustine when the holy spirit was given them they were of good cheer and in his strength victorious for he would not have overcome the world had the world overcome his members when he says these things have i spoken to you that in me ye might have peace he refers not only to what he has just said but to what he had said all along either from the time that he first had disciples or since the supper when he began this long and wonderful discourse he declares this to be the object of his whole discourse viz that in him they might have peace and this peace shall have no end but is itself the end of every pious action and intention End of chapter 16